Friends, you're on the Unhindered Podcast with Jamin. Today, I have the privilege of having Mandy as my guest. Mandy's been willing to do a coaching session with me and with you so that you're able to listen in and to find yourself in her journey, which you can't help but do. Um, these are all common themes, even though it'll be a unique version of a common theme, you won't help but be able to find your own experience of this. So that's the value of releasing a conversation like this. So it's an act of uh, courage and vulnerability for Mandy to do that. So if you're listening in, just give her your love. And uh, yeah, Mandy, thanks for being willing to do that. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Jamin. Good to be here. So you've been around the Insecurity Project stuff for a fair while. You've, you're familiar with my work. You've probably heard me do coaching sessions. Uh, you say you are, you're not a newbie by any stretch to this idea of self-awareness and personal growth and insecurity. Um, so what do you think would be most useful to work on today? What's something that you'd love to see a measure of change in in your world? Yeah, you know, I've been doing a lot of work on myself for years um, and, you know, it's often triggered by that that sort of insecurity piece and, and being vulnerable. So um, I think being able to actually build a narrative of my story so it can help other people is, is something that I've just been dying to do um but every time I go to sort of action it um I kind of find myself questioning whether it's it's worth sharing uh even though my intuition tells me screamingly you know hurry up there's people that could really benefit from from hearing bits and pieces of the story so for me I'd love uh you know guidance on on how to step through some of those um, second-guessing moments of yourself. Um, yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people could relate to and um, have had experiences of that myself, a common idea. So this idea you have value to bring, you understand intuitively you're sitting on a mountain of value and then this idea of bringing it to the world in a way that's showcasing your own self and speaking in your own voice and part of you is... Uh, afraid around that or part of you doesn't end up doing that so there's this this dichotomy between the part of you that's knows you've got something to say and then the part of you that doesn't actually say it mm, yeah um yeah right, I think so, you know professionally you know um there's the quandary between do you show your your true self and your your real story um but then I'm also a professional and so you kind of so what I'm trying to do at the moment is get to a point where and it's already happening that I'm working with my vulnerability and my insecurities, but to actually really challenge myself to step through it by delivering really purpose-delivered work. And uh, I just got to keep doing that, Jamin, and there's more to do. So I know, um, yeah, I think it's really important work and it's that time to do it. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Um, I, I love the idea of presuppositions to create a framework that opens the possibility for change. So um, see how you think about this idea and whether you feel like it is universally true and could accept it as a presupposition we could then work from. Um, so think about your need for safety. Think about how you how you experience safety within your body. Um, when your body system perceives danger, what does it do? Well, as you know, I've quite recently had a bit of a scare, so I wonder whether there was danger in my body. But um, I think going, you know, thinking of it from a 
from the perspective of what what I want to talk to you today about is uh, fear of uh, uh, making myself appear um, weak, you know, not on top of uh, my game um, and insecure. And often as a woman, if you suddenly become, you know, uh, seemingly weak by sharing something that's really vulnerable, uh, perhaps you aren't... um, painted in the light of being someone that is successful and therefore worthy of um, of the work that you do. Does that make sense? It does make sense, and I think you already have a high level of awareness around some of the fear that's showing up for you around this. But if we can just zoom out for a minute and play with this idea of safety in general. So, yeah. so you or anyone encounters a situation in your day that is deemed as dangerous from your system so consciously or unconsciously physically emotionally relationally perceived danger what does your overall human system do in the presence of danger instinctively run run like hell great run (laughs) so flight or fight so there is an instinctive human response that is auto-programmed and 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 do you think it's possible to not have that or like is it is that is that something that is inherently human and and always part of our system this this recognition of danger and an instinct to avoid danger yeah i think i think danger is a really good thing to to be able to tap into i mean we all we all need to understand and be able to to tap into it i think the challenge is um the response right you know it's it's that response mechanism of um knowing what that feels like um knowing what it is and being able to identify with it I think for me but sometimes sometimes when you're not feeling on top of your game that's not always easy to no, connect no, with it's not and that's that's kind of my point so what if the presupposition is your body will protect you in danger what if that every cell is hardwired for self-protection and you can't turn that off yeah so if that's the presupposition that safety is a is a you know it's a beautiful part of being human it's a, an essential part it's an inherent part it can't be changed we will have an instinctive response to danger and that takes over shuts down systems diverts blood to certain parts of our body and makes things possible makes things impossible gives you extra energy for certain things and less energy for other things like that's going to happen in every situation so if you can if you can run with that idea and own that that's a foundational presupposition, then the solution around more courage, less fear doesn't make as much sense because what you're describing is overriding the instinctive system. So what you're saying is you're going to face danger and in your approaches to override the instinct to run and hide and step up and push through instead. So you're going to work against... um, you know, thousands of years of development in the human system designed to keep you safe. And in a moment of you're going to direct extra strength to override that. And like, un, um, can you see that that perhaps is a futile strategy or there could be a better strategy? Could you see any limits to this strategy of more courage, less fear, and if the if the presupposition is that every cell in your body is actually by design hardwired for protection for a very good reason, and that you wouldn't want it to be any other way, yeah, for sure. I mean, yes, 
but it's the moments where you don't feel on top of your game that you you forget how to tap into that. Well, and that's my point, right? So, so the then the play is what's dangerous. Yeah. So, the play is not more courage without examining danger. Mm. The, the play is. For adults to actually make progress in life, it has to be a conversation and an awareness and a discovery into the world of what is dangerous and can anything be done around it? Can anything be done to mitigate the risk of the danger? Can anything be understood around what is really dangerous here? Because if you just leave the danger as the danger and then try and override it, you can have moments of courage. You you can find strength to push through, but the amount of energy required and what happens on the other side, like it's debilitating. And and the older you get, the less extra energy you have. And so yeah. even though some people preach more courage, less fear as the best strategy humans have available to them, uh, I think that's no way in the world that could be the best strategy. That doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, um, no, no, I agree. <laughs> and and particularly when if no work has been done around what's dangerous, often the the instructions around danger have been set a long time ago. So um, the danger, what is actually dangerous here is informed by ideas you've had about yourself an awful long time ago. That's why it's dangerous. Yeah. So there is plenty of work that can be done mm. in m- minimizing danger so that you don't actually need more courage at all. It's safe yeah. now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Your, yeah, it makes I, sense. I love the idea that your success must also be safe. Yeah. And if it's not safe, then then some part of you will always resist it and it will always resist it with the best of its resources. So it doesn't make sense to me that in order to find a good human life, we have to fight against ourselves. It seems there must be a better way to work with ourselves and Mm. to honour the safety recognition and the danger perception and to have adult versions of that rather than archaic or or childish versions of that. Um, Am I still with me? Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. And that makes a whole lot of sense. And right. it all start it often starts from when we're, we're really little, right? So Well it does. So let's let's have a look at your version of this. So what's dangerous? So what's dangerous about your voice? Um and and keep speaking because you already addressed that a moment ago, but just refine what you were saying around what is the danger for you to step up and step out and and speak your truth and bring your value. What could go wrong? Yeah, I think it's about um building the narrative, I'm, I'm really um, wanting to build the narrative that doesn't paint me in a victimised mm-hmm. state that's more about um, a story of, of, a, of a journey from a little girl to a 51-year-old and, and all the bits and pieces in between. So it's actually building the narrative but not necessarily in the chronological order but it's those lessons and threading them through so they're, able to be told and not upset anybody in the process um but mm-hmm. also also to for me to be able to to really articulate the gold nuggets in the journey um yep. and be able to really honest and truthful and sometimes that's like for me as terrifying as running down the main road naked <laughs> with a whole bunch of people around you know so you're you know truly exposed and once it's done, it's gone. You've done it. It's like um, there's no coming back from it. So it's that um, there's a lot of there's parts of my story, um, Jamin, that are shame filled, and and it shouldn't be shame. Um, but it, it 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 the experience drew shame, and um, 
but because of what happened, you know, uh, all the all the stuff growing up is people wouldn't think I was insecure, but I was deeply insecure growing up. Um, whether that was about my intellect or you know compared to my siblings or or because I was fourth born and and all that sort of stuff, you know, um, trying to be as good as them and better than them or as good or or whatever. Um, I think what happened to me in my 40s kind of, um, I don't know, it confirmed what I thought I thought about myself back then. And so I've spent the last seven or eight years really trying to to not think like that (laughs) and get out of that shame cycle. So it it sort of is parts of it that are connected to my childhood and I know that and it's not anyone's fault, it's just the way it happened. So part of me telling the story is to make sure it's it's delivered in a sense that is not um, that's more revealing and helpful for myself and for other people that might be experiencing the same thing. Yeah, I understand. Um, and can I draw you back to the question? And so, what's dangerous? What's the danger in telling your story? I've heard you say that the danger is you don't want to upset anyone. Yeah. Um, I've also you, before a moment ago you said I don't want to appear weak, mm-hmm. um, uh, and and I don't want to get it wrong. So I want to reveal this in a way that's actually helpful to other people. Um, so what else is dangerous about sharing your your story? What's dangerous to you? Um, you know, um, I, I you know I don't want people to to think poorly of me I guess you know so it's it's what other people think definitely um about me um but it's it's like well for me Jamin I don't want to just you know (laughs) um blurt the narrative and the story without actual a a reason a reason why I'm 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 an activator and marketer and entrepreneur. I want to make sure that I'm delivering in a really purpose-driven way that actually that's for a reason. Um, not just for the hell of it, you know. Um, and so that's for me, that's that's the most um that's actually what it is. It's like, well, I don't want to just be a voice for nothing. <laughs> I just like let's actually make this worthwhile. So it really does hit home. That's that's actually why I haven't, you know, really done much on my personal social media pages, which are all locked down and very private. And I did that years ago. You know, I shared a lot of stuff because I know it's in that, you know, private. There's no, there's no danger. Yeah, no danger there, right? Um, and when I'm writing, you know, things on LinkedIn, I'm very careful about what I say, highly curated. Um, but in my um, LinkedIn, my uh, my Instagram and Facebook, I'm really reflective. My heart bounces out of me. I like I'm the writing I write is downloaded from somewhere else, and um, I feel incredibly alive when I'm writing things. I haven't written as much lately, um, but but over the years I have, and I had a lot have a lot of people responding that that resonates with them. How the hell did you even think of it like that? Or you know, and I think I, I want to share that with a wider audience but how do i do that without feeling what you're you know right. talking yeah, about brilliant. so this is i love the two parts because the part of you knows that you know that you know that what you have is valuable you see evidence of that when you share it you know it's downloaded like it feels sacred so 
you know that, but then there's a part of you that goes, but if some part feels like running down the main street with no clothes on and the terror of it, it's too costly. And so what I'm suggesting is until there's a coming together of those two parts and a de-escalation of danger, you will not actually proceed because that the the instinctive part designed to protect your safety is actually stronger as evidenced by the fact that although you know you have value, you haven't yet shared it to the level you want to. No, you're so right. So then the conversation gets to what's dangerous and to really, really hone in on that because what you've shared is very close but you haven't named the real danger yet. Yeah. So so just to reflect back to you what you've named and just uh, try it on and let's get precise uh, around this. So, um, you know, I don't want people to think poorly of me. That's a big deal. And then and part of the version of that is I don't just want to, you know, say stuff for the sake of it and just put rubbish out because then, again, people will think poorly of me. When I want to speak, I want to speak intelligently and for a good reason and would be well thought through and so to be seen of as intelligent and value-adding and a contributor. So it's dangerous to put stuff out there that won't be seen like that and to to manage everyone else, everyone's single view because how do you control what people think when they read yeah. it? Like you put it out there, then are people <laughs> tired? Are they ready? Do they misunderstand yeah. it? Like yeah, um, exactly, exactly. Don't want to upset anyone. So, so the the awareness around what's dangerous in this language is all external. So you're afraid that of what's out there. I don't want to upset them. I would like them to think well of me. I want to mm-hmm. get it right for them. So. Um, that's actually not what's dangerous. It's the implications of that that's actually dangerous. It's if yeah, someone didn't think well of you, yeah. Uh, what does that say about you? If you didn't get it right and didn't add value, then what does that say about you? Mm. And and you did mention this a moment ago around this, that whatever happened in your 40s around this shame piece kind of confirmed mm. um, your worst thoughts about yourself when you were young. And so... As a generalization, that is the thing that's that we're all afraid of. That the worst thing we've ever thought about ourselves will be confirmed by the world. That's yeah. Well, I've had that happen, and I had 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 happen in very public sense. Um, and it it it's something I don't wish anyone to ever have to go through. But mm. it happens every day. So um, it yeah. But that's just part of the story. And yes, and it's just part of the story. And I and and I've done a lot of work around around this. And uh, understanding who I am has been a huge, huge pathway to yeah. really accepting what happened and um and and really formulating a path that says, okay, you kind of know you're in the right direction now. You kind of know yourself really well, and you know how you react to others and all that. But you, you, I know deep down. It doesn't matter which way I go. Call it procrastination, perhaps. But doesn't matter which way I go, Jamin. I still come back to this thing where I go, "Holy shit! I still haven't done that thing my soul is telling me to do." Mm. <laughs> and and this is the value of the clean coaching conversation because I don't care. Like that's that's not my problem. I'm not impacted by your problem. Well, well, in some ways I am because. As a citizen of the earth, I haven't really been a recipient of your gift yet. If you've never really shown up um, and never really spoken your voice, then we're all missing out. So, yes, in some way I'm impacted, but personally I'm not. I'm not losing sleep over it. Um, So I don't need anything from you. I don't have a vested interest. I'm not here going, right, 
Mandy, what I really need you to do is speak your voice. So now I'm pushing you to do the thing that you haven't found a way to push yourself. That's not this conversation at all. This conversation is you are saying, I would like to speak my voice and I haven't. What's to be done around that? So that's a very different conversation. And that's the only conversation that allows the truth telling to go, well, um, the only logic around that is it's too dangerous. And um, and why is it dangerous? What is the danger? What's the thing that is yeah. uh, unconsciously terrifying around this? And can anything be done around that? And mm. and that's a that's a brilliant conversation to have because it turns out fear unexamined grows and becomes more dangerous. Fear examined is always diminished. Yeah. And um, no discredit to your wonderful work on yourself in what you've done from this end and um, around getting to know yourself, getting to adultly review the data of painful experiences and what that means about you and and forge your way in the world. And yet you watch your own self go. And even after all that, I still don't do the thing that I know that I must. And so my best effort from managing it from this end still hasn't produced the result. And I actually feel I'm closer to to it than ever before. I walked away from a, an awful government role that my whole body was saying, get the hell out of it, yet it looked on paper like it would be perfect. Um, and since then I've said, that's it, I, I have so much to, to, to you know, to add to the, to the world. I'm going out on my own and setting up a company and that's what I'm doing. So... But that's fine. That's great. But there's still this other piece that needs to form part of what I'm doing yeah. in, in business. And that's, this is where I'm, you're right. I've done a lot of work. I've had, I've had psychologists, um, you know, for years and wonderful one, you know, Tracy Baker Lawrence here in Brisbane. She's a phenomenal human being, mm. um, and does a lot of great work in the Enneagram space. And, you know, we've spoken a lot about how to share my story. Uh, and I'm. It's really about you, isn't it? Like it's about you giving yourself permission. Mm. I'd love your opinion on that. Is it? Is that what you see mostly in this from people like me sitting on that precipice of going? I want to share this. I've got so much to add. <laughs> but um, but are they waiting for someone's permission? Like you know, what is that? Our insecurity speaking is that you know. Yeah, well, it is, but it's this danger thing. It's exactly the conversation we're having. You do not have permission from yourself to share this because it's not safe. Is that so it's protecting me? It's protecting yeah, it's you. Like so the best of you is saying, no, you can't. It would be like taking your clothes off and running down the main street. I can't yeah. let you do that. You might in a moment of courage and get high on drugs or get all pepped up at a Tony Robbins conference, come out and do that. But yeah. it will go bad for you. That will be a disaster. You will regret that. You will be ashamed of that. You will come home with your tail between your legs. Please don't do that. Please don't find more courage. And we have a conversation around danger. We have it. Could we see what's really dangerous? And that's the most difficult thing, but it's the only solution. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, you don't have permission from yourself because it's dangerous. Um, but you can change that. You can't override the danger. You can mm. take the danger away. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I love the predictable nature of this, especially for ambitious midlifers. And, you know, you've probably seen the seven, there are seven essential practices for overcoming insecurity. So I heard you um, share a number of those already. So, so practice three, stack the pain. So you just said, I'm closer than I've ever been before. 
true statement because you got to a threshold moment. I am done with this. This is not the experience I'm going to have. Like that's the value of pain. Tell the truth about what you don't want until you reach a point in your life where you're not willing to do it ever again. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, High level motivation. Um, Practice four, develop a compelling vision. So you you spoke about what you do dream of instead, what you know is inside you. You yeah. know that if you get to the end of your life and you have not found a way to release the wonder of you, you will you will have be devastated. Yeah. Um, and you're not willing to do that. So no. you now are on a quest. You now have this sense of purpose, this sense of calling, this sense of destiny around what it is that you're doing here. Hundred percent. That 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 is everything. So then. So now we've got to go um, and get help from someone who doesn't care about you. Here you are opening yourself to a, a vulnerable conversation um, yeah. that's very precise at the same time uh, around an area that is uh, has had a lot of resistance and, and pain in the past. So that's a big deal. So, so now let's go back to one and two. Um, practice one, step into the light, which is to name the fear. So, so what is the danger? What are you afraid of? Because un- you know, Yoda, named must your fear be before banish it, you can. And the challenge around naming is not to be underestimated. So the, the typical stuckness in practice one is to name it as an unsolvable problem. So um, uh, that, you know, people won't think well of you. That's an unsolvable problem. Mm. People are going to do what they're going to do. Mm. Some people will think well of you. Some people will think poorly of you. Mm. Knowing that from experience as someone who does speak a message, uh, I, I speak very clearly and there are lots of people who do not agree with me and there are people who are upset at what I say. And, and so if my only solution is to curate my um, response yeah. in the world so that every single person likes me at all times, that's yeah. not a solvable problem. No. Um, it's not a solvable problem to do always make sure that every word I say is completely intelligent, entirely perfect and, you know, I can't solve that problem because I will say things that, um, even if they are perfect in my own mind, will be misunderstood by my audience and won't yeah. be received as perfect. That's not solvable. Yeah. So I can't diminish the danger by going down that path. The only avenue to diminish the danger is, okay, but hang on. No one's afraid of failure. No one's afraid of rejection. People are afraid of the implications, the personal implications. If yeah. I was to fail, what would that say about me? Yeah. Was to be rejected. What does that reveal is true about me? Mm. So the danger is always your worst opinions about yourself as a child being confirmed as an adult. Mm. And so you can't solve that from the adult end because if you solve it from the adult end, you're always managing the fallout and trying to generate more evidence that you're good, that you're not who you said you were by getting more and more evidence. But because you've lived with that narrative for so long, there is a never-ending sea of evidence to override and there's never quite enough on the stack of good evidence to override what you think potentially could be bad evidence. So, Mm. um, um, So then... You know, eventually, when you get to uh, practice six, which is be the hero, hero work is to go back to the start, is to go back to the child, to go back to the formation of these opinions, uh, and and undo them there. Right. Um, yeah. But you you don't get to practice six without going through practice two, which is this idea of responsibility around being the storyteller. Uh, and precisely what was your involvement in the creation of these ideas about you? 
And that's a hard one to see because it's much easier to see other people's involvement in how you feel about yourself. Yeah. To see your role in your sense making as a child through moments of disappointment, through moments of embarrassment, through moments of upset. Uh, and what you thought that meant about you to actually review the data around those moments uh, as the storyteller, as the one with the pen, that is liberating because it empowers you then to realise you created the first narrative, so therefore you are already a wonderful storyteller. You could make any alterations to this story if you like. Um, so did a lot of talking then. Um big picture idea, how does that feel as a roadmap based on this presupposition that your success must be safe and currently it's not and it will not be until you address the danger all the way back to the thing you've always been trying to make sure no one sees about you? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I think it feels um, it feels interesting, like it. I, I think I still see that there's those two parts. There's that professional side of me and that that very private personal side of me, and um, that's that's where I'm up to at the moment. I'm you know successful in business and and what I do from an intellectual point of view, um, but I now need to merge the two, Jamin, and yeah. and that's where this is really interesting because you you've really got to you know dig down deep into um into the stories that you've told yourself mm. um and uh and be able to sort of weave them into your to your work life does it make sense um yeah of course in, in a way and um so yeah for me it's just about working out how to do that so i go back to that that challenge of um of building that narrative and mm. um and how to how to go about doing that you know Sometimes it's the practical sense, and sometimes it's the um, how is it done? Is it through a podcast version? Is it through a, a blog? Is it is it through you know becoming a coach? Of course, all those sorts of things go through my mind, um, and I I still kind of oscillate continuously about what that looks like, um, which is why when you reached out and, and, you know, put it on there that you were looking to, to do some coaching, I put my hand up thinking, yeah, oh, I need to sort of mm -hmm. talk to him <laughs> and work out how to, how to stop doing that, you know. And I appreciate you doing that. And, and everyone has that same thing. How do I stop doing that? And the logical thing is you just try harder and you be better and you, you manage your experience. You just override. That's the logic. That seems to be what gets the most airtime and the most energy and there are lots of um, thought leaders who who push a self discipline approach. You just override. You just don't let the fear stop you. Mean you mean push ahead. You mean just push keep. ahead. Yeah, just all right. Get yeah. someone who can go right. I back into a corner. Pick a path. Podcast. What are you going to do? Book. What yeah. are you going to do? You got to decide by Friday. We're going to get this done. I'm holding you accountable. Yes, you've got a voice. We're going to do this. And so there are avenues to go down that. Um, except the part of you is saying. I mean, if you do that, that will feel like taking all your clothes off and running down the main street. So can you please not do that? I know it's possible to do that. Other people are doing it like that. But please, can you not do that? Please could. What if there was What if there was nothing to prove and nothing to defend? Right? So imagine this narrative, this deep-seated narrative that 
you've had pockets of freedom from and pockets of area of your life are not impacted by it at all. So you've examined your personal life. There is no danger. So there's no threat of being implicated in your personal life. You don't, you're able to be you mm. and you know it's safe to be you, but in your professional life, it's not. And no. so the fear of what you think perhaps is lacking with you is in danger of being revealed in this space, but not that space. And so. Yeah. yeah. And I think you, I think one of the things that empowers me with that is, is that I think I believe that the world is people are really looking for authentic. They're looking for deeply conscious leaders and they're looking for leaders that don't bullshit. They're looking for people that can think differently, react differently, and whether that's how they connect with their audience or they engage with their community or however they lead their organisations. People are really looking for that. I mean, you would find that, I'm sure, in the work that you do, that people are really looking for that authenticity in humans. And I think... Um, I think that's why I'm really drawn to make sure that I bring that personal side, Jamin, into my business right. world um, and my professional life, and I think it's time. So um, so what you're telling me, Jamin, is run down the street naked. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Please do not run down the street <laughs> naked for, the, for, for <laughs> your own sake. <laughs> I won't do that. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> The yeah. the option is okay. Uh, your success must be safe. So, what if there was nothing to prove and defend? So the the shame cycle. To speak into that for a moment, mm. shame works like this. If you knew exactly all the parts of me, and um, you'd think differently about me. If you knew everything about me, you couldn't think the same. And so, I, therefore, I cannot have you know everything about me. I am ashamed of parts of me, so then I will guard parts so you don't see me. Because if you did see me, you couldn't help but have a different opinion. You would not like me. You would not treat me the same way. There'd be a problem. So the only way out of shame is to plumb the depths of all those experiences and go, well, I actually know everything about me and everything that's ever that's ever happened, that's everything that's I've ever said, and I actually still like me. Yeah. I, I'm fine. I've reconciled the experiences of my life. I haven't justified anything, but I have understood it in the context of what it was, what I was seeking to do at the time. I've understood my needs and I've liberated myself from misunderstandings around what those things meant about me in yeah. the truest sense of the word, in the most forensic sense, you know, to go back and actually reconcile the embarrassing moments of your life. And I, I think embarrassment is the the, the quickest way into this process because I, th I think embarrassment is the strongest human emotion. It, it carries the cleanest memories mm -hmm. <laughs> accessible in the shortest time. And, and they're the things that we then guard so no one sees this about ourselves. But if you look at the structure of embarrassment, they always have misunderstandings implicit in them. Yeah. We, we misunderstand our own motives and assume mm -hmm. the worst and then agree about that and then, you know, lock it in and then try and manage the fallout of that for years. So the only way anyone has ever solved this is going back into the heat of that embarrassment with a clean look and being forensic about it. What does the data actually say? Why did I do that thing? Why did that actually happen? Is the only logic that I'm stupid or I'm weird or I'm terrible? Is there any other data that could reveal that that's actually not true? Mm. 
that's tough yeah. work. Like that's that is hero work. It, that- it, it is. It is so true. It is so true. I have a, a amazing sister, and she's a, a scientist. And she through through the those challenging years some years ago, she'd say to me about we we're talking about failure, and we we're talking about the idea of uh, how how many scientific experiments happen and and the the large quantity that fail but they keep on going back and trying again at a different angle and all that you know and I think though um Jamin in our society in Australia unfortunately we don't embrace failure um very well and we uh, certainly business failure is seen as as a taboo and you know you're shunned by often many many people and community and that can be the most debilitating thing any human has to experience Mm. and um i think we need to embrace our our failures and share our stories so we can learn and others can learn from them you know um and so part of sharing that shame piece for me is actually is is unshaming (laughs) it's it's unshaming the the way our society um places shame it's shoving it off your shoulders and going, actually, um, it's bravery <laughs> to have a crack in the first place. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I have, I have lots to say about, about, about that part. But unfortunately, that you know, that child in me, you know, that deep child in me, that deep soul mm. says, you screwed up, you know. Yes. You were, really, you were really successful for a long time and you screwed up the last bit. And you might have heard a few people in the in the interim, and then how do you, you know, you you but you need to push past that because there were so many good years, and um, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, that that is that child, that voice, mm-hmm. um, and that voice is a confirmation of the first time you decided that was true about yourself. That's why it kind of hurt so much because you thought you were fine, and then to have an experience like that goes, oh no. This thing I always thought was true actually is true, and now I've got to be guarded in case it happens again. And so that's that's it, and that's the roadblock. That's yes. that's the roadblock. Yep. Um, but yet it's the it's the gift in the message. It's the actually the, the gift of of me not a, finding. Not until those... it's safe, though. That's it. Yeah. Not until it's safe. Not until you cannot yeah. be implicated by the revelation of that. And the only way that's happened is when you review it forensically with yourself. And you change your mind about the accusation because the data does not confirm that you got it right. You were too quick. You were too harsh. You overplayed the negative. You didn't understand what you were actually trying to do. You are, you judge yourself in a way you would never judge another human being and never have judged another human being. So, so your accusation does not stack up under review. The Mm. data does not reveal you got it right. And so, yeah. The courage and kindness to actually turn all the lights on in the moments of embarrassment all the way back to the start is the most difficult work. That's why it's called the hero's journey. You know, the hero is yeah. faced with something that they think, I can't do that, I'll die. Yeah, well, you, you might, um, but the hero does it anyway because they're like, I can't go home yeah. and I either die or I come out the other side reborn, but I know my work. My work is to set myself free from this perceived terror this perceived inadequacy because whatever that sits there you cannot ever afford to expose yourself again in case someone else sees that and confirms it 
it will feel like running down the street with no clothes on and you can't you won't so um that's that's exactly exactly right it is exactly that um mm. it's actually giving yourself that permission and knowing that you have done that forensic and you know um i guess assessment understanding where it all came from and how it all happened and then you're right to go <laughs> but see am yeah. i procrastinating doing that you know perhaps i'm still pushing back need a little bit more time you know that's what i worry about yeah. Uh, yeah. it's it's tough and for you to know that it's tough in and rather than being complicated and unique it's just simple and hard so mm. i mean um, we had one conversation today and um <laughs> you know there's it's a, a body of work for you to go examine that but for you do you feel clear around the nature of the problem being around uh, danger and understand that the danger is still uh, your worst opinion about yourself does that feel like clarity around yeah. the, the nature of this for you yeah yeah now i just think it needs to go away now the the danger needs to nick off and go find another place to reside quite frankly well, um it, yeah. it is i mean it is that simple because it's actually not true like that's the that's the irony about the accusations we make about ourselves we're the only person in the whole the whole planet who continues to accuse and thinks it's true no one else and it goes really like yeah, that happened. You thought that was a revelation of your worst character. Like you're a kid trying to do this, and okay, like if and I I tell stories all the time with clients around someone someone else. This is their painful experience when they got embarrassed. And this is what they said. Um, do you think they got it right? Like it doesn't make sense to anybody else. No one else is even close to going. Oh yeah, that person's a piece of shit. Yep, yeah, that's yeah. true. They should never do anything with their life ever again. You're like. Yeah. yeah, that would have hurt. I bet they got embarrassed. Um, but you can see more objectively when it's not you. You can see all the things at play oh, and go, oh, yeah, wouldn't have been I'm, fun. Oh, my God. But I'm not a terrible to, person. But I'm helping people um, step them through and join the dots and, uh, yeah, completely objective. Um, but when, I come, when it comes to yourself, it's so different, right? It's so different. Exactly. Yeah. So all, all you need is objectivity. That's what makes the danger go away. Tell the truth. Go back have the courage and kindness to turn the lights on and review the data forensically, just like a pro bono lawyer going back into a cold case because someone's stuck in prison, accused of a crime, and they think maybe I don't think they did it. And they convince the judge to open the file, open the case, and they get to review the data and they see, oh, look at this. The, you know, the the police officer leading the case had a vendetta against this person and um, yeah. made some assumptions and wanted them to be guilty. They weren't, but but kind of concocted the evidence to suggest they were and they're in prison. Someone comes back and then presents it to the judge and the judge goes, huh, there has been a mistake made. You've suffered greatly because of this mistake, but this mistake ends here. That is not true about you. It's never been true about you. You can go free now. Yeah. Like, that's the nature of change. It's not like you're managing this and trying to prove you're good. It's go work out whether the worst thing you you said was actually true. And and pick a path, like end the accusation or or keep it. But if you want to be the person you want to be in the world, you'll only do it off the safety of having nothing to prove and nothing to defend because you know who you really are and you are sure it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So thank you for bringing a very real-world example to this and, um, you know, we're all cheering you on and, and what, you know, <laughs> 
hoping to see what happens as a result of this to see what happens next so um, yeah thanks Jamin sure share this and I'm sure people have found their own version of this as you've shared so you okay if we leave the conversation here for today yeah sure yep no wonderful let's uh stop the recording <laughs>